Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What is up, family? Welcome to Speak. We got an action-packed show for you today, starting with really the most intriguing topic in the sports world right now. It's this one. Remember, there's a whole lot of drama brewing in Buffalo. They are the second best team in football the last two years, the last three years, the last four years by regular season record. But Josh Allen, the quarterback, he says that Stephon Diggs, he's his guy. The media has blown all of the drama out of proportion. Well, let's get to the desk to really figure out what we have to say about it on the far end. Slick, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. I recovered from, I didn't get blown up by the fireworks Yo. in L.A. My goodness. Oh, you didn't know about that? Oh, I kind of knew, but I've seen video. Time? I haven't yeah, lived yeah. it. This yeah. was your first fourth in L.A.? Yes, it was. Yeah, L.A. takes fourth of July very seriously. Very seriously. That's no the joke. Buker, NBA insider, to his right, the brilliant Joy Taylor. Joy, how are we? Great. It looks like oh. silk. Is that silk? Uh, it's beautiful. What was it? <laughs> oh, it looks like silk. Nice. Eagles all-time so, Russian leader, LaShawn, Shady, McCoy. Well, we already teased the topic. Let's get right to it. The drama Shady that is in Buffalo. Remember, at the beginning of camp, Buffalo head Bills head coach Sean McDermott, he said he was very concerned because Stephon Diggs, superstar wide receiver, showed up to practice, right. but then he didn't practice. It was that mandatory minicamp that he missed. But now Josh Allen is saying that we're blowing the whole thing out of proportion. You were an all-pro running back for the Buffalo. Buffalo Bills had a lot of great seasons with the Buffalo Bills. You were there when Josh Allen got drafted. You know him better than anybody on television. So break it down for us. Is the drama over in Buffalo? I, I want to say yes. But then as you alluded to how in the offseason there was some some issues they had. So I'm going to say no. I talked to a lot of my, my, my boys over there. I won't say names, but there was some friction there. Mm -hmm. It was a couple of celebrity games, right, that Josh Allen was there. Stephon Diggs was there. And they didn't have the handshakes that you see on TV that they normally do. Mm. And they didn't even speak. It was more like, <laughs> gets my head nods, like, what up? And I'm like, wow, that's, that's, that's alarming because your wide receiver and your quarterback, that's like the best connection in football. Should be. Right? And for them not to speak, I'm like, dang, really? Maybe, maybe this is one little situation. Then fast forward, they get to, to OTAs and, and camp, mini camp, and Stefan comes there, and it's just real brief. Yeah. What's up? And I'm, I'm not used to saying that. Mm. And Josh Allen's a guy, it's hard to dislike Josh Allen. Yep. He's, he's, he's a warrior on the field. He's real supportive, funny guy. He loves to be around the guys in the locker room. So that was hard to understand that. But I learned that, listen, it's real. Now, I do think they have enough time to figure it out. But when Stefan, you know, talked about, hey, look, he wants to be involved more in the offense of play calls and et cetera, and he wasn't happy. Yep. And he made that vocal. Like, he, he didn't show up. He, he stormed out the locker room after they lost the game. So there's something to it. I just think that hopefully they could kind of, you know, fix that and resolve that before the season starts. Here's the thing. I don't really defend the media a lot. 
But when people start blaming the media for the media reacting to something that we were told, my drama antenna is going to be up. You're not going to catch me defending the media very often. But y'all told us there was a problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sean McDermott was asked by the media. Sean has grown. It wasn't his first time in a press conference. There was no reason for him to be caught off guard by the question. And he chose to answer it this way. Concern. Yeah, very concerned. Listen, I respect everyone's, everyone's questions and what they want to know about our team. Right now, I'm just I'm not going to get into, into that anymore. His voice cracked a little bit. <laughs> Why is that our fault? Oh, the media is making too big of a deal about it. You told us to make a big deal about it. He could have said it ain't nothing. Don't worry about it. It's it's internal. It's not what you guys think. Carry on. He could have said that. He didn't. So walk on up to the boss man's office and tell him, stop telling us to be worried. Hmm. So I I don't think that this is something that can't be resolved, but there's a lot of smoke here. And you keep telling me there's no fire. Where's the smoke coming from now? What's, what's, What's this thing that we see coming up if there's no fire here? Something's got to be cooking. So whether it means they're not going to go to the Super Bowl or they're going to have friction all season long, I don't know. And honestly, I don't really care. It's the offseason. These things can get resolved overnight. But the whole campaign that we're making a bigger deal of it than we are, we're making the deal you told us yep. to make. Absolutely. Out of it. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Slick, what's fascinating to me, and it, there's no more true phrase in sports than winning cures all. Because quite literally, if your team is winning, it does not matter what is going on. Winning will be the cure for it. So it's extremely fascinating that the Bills are winning, the second most winning organization in the regular season over the last three years, and there is still drama. Mm-hmm. If winning cares all, but winning hasn't even cared this, then y'all better believe that to some degree this drama is deep. Now, it's not just between quarterback Josh Allen and wide receiver Stephon Diggs. Remember, defensive coordinator and OG in the game, Leslie Frazier, he stepped down this year. A little word on the street was that Sean McDermott took over play calling two years ago when the Bills lost to the Chiefs in a historical fashion. Sean McDermott took over the play calling. Well, then now Leslie Frazier was no longer going to be able to call plays going forward. Friction. Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, 10 play drive, eight minutes left versus the Cincinnati Bengals at home. You're down 27 to 10. Throw your hands up in the air. Friction. Yeah. While it can be cured, I'm constantly reminded of one of my favorite quotes by my friend, uh, a rapper. It wasn't all of a sudden, it was subtle. What ended up as a flood started out as a puddle. I think it is a puddle right now. Hmm. But y'all better believe every single flood started out with just a couple drops. We've seen the drops. Yeah, the drama's not over until Stefan Diggs tells us the drama is over. Josh Allen saying, I, I love my guy, doesn't tell me anything because where did this start? It started with Stefan. Stefan's the one who has the issues here. So until I hear from him that all is good, no, the drama is still there. And to Joy's point, like, we didn't create this. Like, the media didn't create this. This is created by Stefan Diggs taking issue with Josh Allen on the sideline and then not showing up for the first day of OTAs. And then Sean McDermott being upset about him not showing up the first day of OTAs. So uh, the, the problem that I have, to your point, is not only the winning but Stephon Diggs wants to be more involved yeah, that was the, in the offense. See that, yeah. Like, the dude is targeted About. as much as anybody in the league, never mind with the Bills. I mean, I don't know. That's the part that I don't get is, like, how do you resolve that part of it in terms of he wants to be more – what it tells me is it's not just being more involved in the offense. There has to be something a little bit deeper than that. But bottom line is, that would suggest that this drama has not been resolved. The well, only, only thing about that is this, like, 
both players need to sit there and just realize that what were they before each of them got together, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I thought Josh was a good quarterback. He wasn't this good mm-hmm. without Stephon Diggs, right? And then, and then Stephon Diggs. Good I mean, come on now. When you was with Minnesota Vikings, yeah. like, you were a good wide receiver, but you won this. Not at all. And I think sometimes we get so much in tune with our ego, right? I've been there. Mm-hmm. Man, they ain't blocking me. I don't need them. I don't, you know, even if it's my boy. Yeah. But it's like, hold up, I do need him, and he needs me, and we are a team. And I think that how it could get resolved is going closer to camp. When you're at camp, it's just you, the team, the coaches, and that's it. And we practice against the defense, offense against offense and defense. And I think that more of seeing that together, being together, throwing them touchdown passes, I think that's what it'll come to. Did he? Like, all right, let's just stop it. You know what I mean? Did either of you guys ever have an issue that carried into the offseason, though, that was like, Nah. You, you left, and it wasn't resolved, and now you come back, and it still is not resolved? That's I'm, deep. Nah. Yeah, I've, I've, I've never uh, left a season mad at my, my boys, right? And then you come back, and it's like, okay, we're still mad? I've never seen that before. Yeah. Joy, what do you read into it? Like, does it actually matter? You've watched the game of football long enough to know that we see things like this and it means absolutely nothing, right? Sometimes receivers, particularly divas, they beef. Especially receivers, yeah, they are especially, divas. Especially yeah. receivers, <laughs> yes. they beef. It means nothing. Right but then right there other times we've seen receivers beef with their quarterbacks and it could mean a little bit of everything. It could be the beginning of the end. Something or nothing, is this a big deal? Is this no deal? Should Bills fans to the NFL be mindful? Nothing is everything. Everything is something, which is another way of saying I don't know. But until it's resolved, it is something. Like, we are talking about it. We're talking about it because we were told to talk about it. And this isn't even really just what started with the sideline thing, because we see that all the time. As media members, sometimes we make too much of sideline interactions. But the sideline interaction was just like, that was just like the first thing. Maybe that's something, maybe it's not whatever, they're losing, it doesn't matter. But when we got to camp and he wasn't there, and then Sean McDermott said what he said, and then there's all these other little stories coming out about the animosity that's there, well, now that does mean something. Mm. So it's just kind of building blocks towards a bigger story here. And like you said, winning fixes it all. If you go out and you have a great season and you're putting up big numbers, we're not going to talk about this anymore. But if you don't, then this is going to become a story that continues throughout the, the locker room. And Josh talking about how it's nothing and the media is making more of it and all of that, like... Sometimes that can work to shame the media into being quiet when there's really nothing there. But there clearly is something there because the head coach told the media that there was something there. Mm. So the, the only way that I would say that this is an actual problem is when they do get to camp or when they do get into the season and there are more problems or there's, they are losing games that they should be winning, not squashing this now well, this will just be the base of more and more stories about the dysfunction or problems that are going on in Buffalo. So that, to me, is why it matters. Not because there's something that's really serious there, but if you start losing, this is just going to compound. Shady, there is one thing, though, if I'll be honest. Some, I don't know about offense. Never sat in an offensive meeting room. But in defensive meeting rooms, one of the core values, principles on defense in the NFL, one thing you can never do, don't ever sell your teammate out publicly. Ever. What do I mean by sell your teammate out? Dude gets beat. You can give up a touchdown. Don't ever, under any circumstance, sell your teammate out publicly. It happens. Now, when you get over to the side, it happens with some, it happens with immature people and it happens with uncalculated people. When you get over to the sideline on a bench, 
hey, bro, you know cover four, that was supposed to be you over the top. Like, I'm not supposed to carry him. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know you're supposed mm-hmm. to take that crosser. That's not me. I just cut him. I was giving you relief. He's not my man. Mm-hmm. But publicly, don't you ever sell your teammate out. Sell me on offense. Same, same thing. Stephon Diggs to Josh Allen in that playoff game, that was an exaggerated form of what we see oftentimes. Like, you shouldn't sell your teammate out. And y'all give him, feel free to run the clip again. But when you go over to your quarterback, over to your quarterback, and you do that? Yeah. Like, that is rule number one. And Josh is not even acknowledging him. Correct, but Josh knows he's there. Like, you all, you better believe yeah. Josh knows that he is there, but, but Josh is just like, and I get that it happens, but it yeah. is fascinating. Kirk Cousins has missed Justin Jefferson a plethora of times. Sure. Let's not get it twisted. Jalen Hurts, I'm sure, missed A.J. Brown a time or two. Travis Kelsey has been open before. Remember Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews? There's a meme oh, yeah, yeah. of <laughs> right, There's right. a meme of it. But yeah. there's a difference between what we see with those guys and that. I mean, but... I guess from talking from the, the, the player perspective, is like sometimes it just happens, right? Mm-hmm. We are human and we do have like reactions. Oh, oh you missed the block. And, and, and you learn to not do that. And I am surprised because he, Stefan Diggs is older. You're vet. And you learn that, you know, and then it's like, it's not like he's showing up a, a regular guy. You show the best player on the team. That part. Yeah, that so, part. so, but, but I do think that like, you can go to that video, right, and that scene, and you could, you could learn from that. Hey, I'm tripping my bad, bro. I just got, I just got in my head. I was mad. And I, I'm sure they know each other. So, so Josh probably knows that Stefan can get like that. But that, is, that doesn't, like, kill the relationship. Let me ask you this, The only thing I'm surprised about is that, like, how long it's lasting. Exactly. Is it a... Because to me, in life, everything is a respect thing. Like, there are certain things oh, I, you oh, just I think, don't I do think, No, people. I think they respect each other, though. No doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. But I do think, like, what you might have done to Chip Kelly, you wouldn't have done necessarily to Andy Reid. Oh, absolutely. What you might have done to Chip Kelly, <laughs> you might not have done to Deuce Staley. Absolutely. Like, there's just certain, like, even if you a disrespectful person, an emotional person, a human which being. Which I'm not. Which you're not. Okay. But there's yeah. certain levels of respect and relationship. If my mom and dad ever calls me, you know what I'm never saying? What? Yeah, I'll never do that. Yeah. yeah. It don't matter how mad I am. Who you are just you know, like. That's a good point. People I, do that, though. They say what to their parents. I don't. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> because there's what like, to their parents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yes. So, though there is respect, do you read anything into the fact of, like, that's Josh Allen you was talking to? I've been around ball for so long, I I can't see these guys going to the season still beefing. Right? Because, like, I need you, you need me. And they can't win without each other, though. I'm not even talking about the players, I'm talking about the team. And knowing that, I I just feel like the the veterans in that room, the Von Millers, the guys like that, I'm sure they're going to have a talk. You know, Sean McDermott has this, the committee of all the leaders. And every morning... They come to meet together. And I'm sure that's going to be a topic. Like, yo, what's up, man? What's going on? What are we doing? Yeah. We on the team. We together. And all it takes is a conversation. And then once I start saying my issues with you and you say your issues with me, and then after that, it's on the table, then they move forward. Because Josh Allen, he's a true leader, right? Mm-hmm. And, he's, and he's super mature. And I think Stephon Diggs, when I hear about him, and what I know about it, I think he's a m- mature yeah. player. It's just that he had a moment. He just has to get over it. I think it's time. Let's get past this because the Jets got a lot better. Yep. The Dolphins got a lot better. Yep. Patriots, well, Tom Brady's out there, so you know what they're going to be like. But we got to move past the winners division. You didn't have and to if take not, shot. You didn't have to <laughs> take did. that You know, Shady going to get a fish in the barrel, man. I'm going to shoot it. <laughs> well, Josh Allen needs Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs needs Josh Allen. But Dame Lillard does not feel like he needs the Portland Trailblazers. He needs Philly. Longer. Dame Lillard, he wants out. But how risky of a decision is it for one of the greatest, if not the greatest, Trailblazer ever to make a decision to want to leave? That's next. Ooh, remember, check us out every day. Fox Sports Channel on Sirius XM. 
Hey, college football fans, Joel Klatt here, and I am so happy to announce my new interview series, The Joel Klatt Show Big Noon Conversations. Every Monday, we will bring you a candid conversation with the most influential voices in college football. From Colorado's Coach Prime to Coach Saban down in Tuscaloosa, we sit down and discuss all things college football. Download the Joel Klatt Show Big Noon Conversations wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to the new Joel Klatt Show YouTube channel. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It is time for our top story, brought to you by Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen. I gotta go get me some chicken slick. I got to go get me some chicken and a biscuit. Anyway, let's head to basketball. Dame Lillard, Dame time. It might be coming to an end in Portland. Apparently he's headed to Miami. That is at least a speculation. That's the only place that Dame wants to play. But reports say the Blazers aren't overly impressed with the Heat's offers so far, and they are focused on getting maximum value for the seven-time All-Star elsewhere. Shady, I was thinking a lot about this Dame Lillard situation, and what I believe nobody is talking about is the inherent risk that might come with Dame Lillard leaving. What in the world is the risk? The risk is you might be exposed for not being just as good as everybody makes you out to be. Mm. Every athlete runs that risk that departs, and coaches run the risk when their athletes depart. Bill Belichick ran that risk when he allowed Tom Brady to leave. You might not be just as good as we think you are. Russell Westbrook, we know he's a unit, he is a MVP. He put up numbers we hadn't seen since Oscar Robinson. But as Russ Westbrook started to leave OKC, we started to realize, you know what, Russ? Maybe your style of play is not conducive to winning championships. I am not indicting Dame Lillard of being guilty of that, but I am curious as to if you do leave Portland and you go elsewhere, you might be exposed for not being as great as we have made you out to be. I think of the mm. quote, maybe because it was told to me far too often, Slick, it's better to be quiet and be perceived to be an idiot <laughs> than to speak and remove all doubt. Mm. Like, it's better to stay in Portland and we think you're a champion than you leave. And now we're like, uh-oh, mm. maybe he wasn't. That's the only risk that I think Dame might be running that nobody is talking yeah. about. Is it risky for Dame I, to leave Portland? I'm going to say no. And, and from what you're saying, Dame must not be that good if, if you're that worried, right? I'm con- yes. No. I'm concerned. No. I'm Dame, concerned. Dame, he's the real deal. He's the reason why he's one of the top 75 players of all time because he's that good. I think there's no risk. What's the risk? I mean, Portland's not winning no championships. Let's just get mm-hmm. that. Let's put that out there right now. Facts. So if he stays, they don't win no championships. If he leaves, they win no championships. Yeah. So if he goes to the Heat and they don't win a championship, I'm sure – that they will go farther than Portland was going to go. Mm-hmm. Fair. Right? You, you already drafted my replacement. He's in the building. They always say, when I was playing, when your replacement's in the building, that's when you know it's real. Mm. School Henderson's there, right? And they're going to look to develop him and make that his team. So when I look at the, the risk, I see there's no real risk because, I mean, they weren't going to the playoffs. I didn't see Portland doing anything good anyway. They won't bring him no new players. Now go somewhere where you could be a star. And I'm sure if we had to bet on him not performing, I'm betting on that. Dane literally going to perform. Slick, where you stand? Uh, there is risk. There is risk, obviously, because we don't know what's going to happen if he goes someplace and he has an opportunity to play for a championship. Can he deliver that championship? 
If he's on a team like the Miami Heat, see how I went there first? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Miami Heat or the Milwaukee Bucks or the Philadelphia 76ers, and they, uh, they get there and they're looking to him to close the deal and he doesn't, then that's going to erase that question that we had. Like, he hasn't been able to win it in Portland, right? Or he hasn't been able to compete for it in Portland. Yeah. But what if he did? We've always thought, Dame time, can hit the big shot. He's the go-to yeah, guy. Like, right. We're saying it right now. He could be the missing yes, piece can. for the Miami Heat, right? Mm-hmm. But you gotta go and do it. And so there is that risk of erasing that question, but it's worth the risk at this point. Got it. Because Portland, what else can he get out of Portland at this point? You can leave it open that maybe he could have, but why not, if you believe that you're capable of going for it, why not go for broke? And besides, there's been plenty of guys, Charles Barkley, Tracy McGrady, Chris Paul, James Harden, they've moved, they've left and gone to another place and haven't gotten it done. And do we demonstrably look at them different than we did Prior Harden, to when they move, primarily, and that's Harden. probably because Harden's gone to a couple places, and why? Because he's failed. Yep. Like, it's from it's probably somewhere in the middle. I don't know if Damian gets it done, but he's not going to fall flat on his face. Mm-hmm. Like he's not going to be he's not going to be horrible. Will he be good enough? That'll be the question. And at this point, why not give it a shot? Why does he have to win a championship? It's what you're leaving for. That's what but, he's saying. But if, you, but if you get an opportunity to play for a championship, we all agree he's not playing for a championship in Portland, right? Right. At least and not he, this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. So probably not next year. So if he has an opportunity to play for a championship, meaning he went to a Miami, a Sixers, a Milwaukee, it doesn't that have enough value in itself that he's willing to bet on himself to try? Yeah. Yeah, sure. There's a there's a story in the Bible that's not I haven't been church in a while. It's like in my head that God gives two people like ten pieces of silver or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know the one I'm talking I'm about. Pulling, and like yeah. one like buries it, and the other one like goes and makes a bunch of money or whatever, and like yeah. his family thrives. Is that is that's that's the parable, parable parable that's popping in? You know, sixteen years when I was growing up. It's been a while. <laughs> The point is, you got to try. And that's what Dame is trying to do. He is trying to compete for a championship. Dame is a very unique player. He's really beloved in a way that you don't always see around the NBA. Yeah. And there's a, there's a sense that people want to see him get the opportunity with an organization, particularly an organization that's trying to win championships without him there. I think that what make, what make things interesting is if he went to a place that we don't really feel like is in any way in position to, to compete for a championship, that traditionally is not a well-run place, and maybe they have some talent. That seems like it's not worth it to go to that, mm. to force your way out of that, because you're in that situation already. Mm. We don't think of Portland as a dysfunctional place. It's just not a place that's like really competing for a championship. Right. But if you go to a place that's trying to get there and you're willing to risk this <laughs> reputation that you have as a great player, I'm cool with that. Because also, like you mentioned some of these guys, do you really feel like Dame's not going to try? You don't feel like Dame is the type of player that's going to have a chip on his shoulder, that he's not going to show up, that he's going to do everything that he can at this point to win a championship? If you don't win a championship, it's hard to do. It's hard to win a championship. Not, there's no guarantee in that. You put Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, and LeBron James on a team together, they didn't win a championship right away. 
Dallas Mavericks, that did happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's my thought, and I always JD, try to like push back against the common narrative, right? If everybody is going left, it's not that I'm going to go right, but I am going to ask myself, why is everybody going, going left, left, and should I yeah. be going left as well? And when I asked myself that question in regards to the notes, like I said, okay, how many, Dame has been to seven All-Star uh, games, y'all at home, count them up, seven. How many players have gone to seven All-Star games but have less playoff series wins. I was genuinely curious of that. I said, okay, how many players have gone to seven or more? Let me think of the players of Dame Caliber and have done less with those seven. I asked myself that question, especially only looking at the course of Dame Lillard's career. Mm. And nobody has won as few playoff series as Dame, having gone to as many All-Star appearances as Dame. Who was his close? Who his was close? closest is Paul George and Russell Westbrook They and Anthony Davis. Paul George has gone, won seven series. Anthony Davis has won seven series. Russell Westbrook has won six. If you drop down and say, how many players have gone to six All-Star games, then you have DeMar DeRozan, Joel Embiid, LaMarcus Aldridge have won four, four, and five, respectively. Yeah. So that, Joy, you, I saw you had a hand raised, but I was just curious of like, as bad as Portland is, there are some other bad organizations here. How many of those playoff wins were with their original team that they started with? When you mentioned Paul George and who and was the other one? Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. Paul De- George, Anthony Davis. Because Anthony Davis, I'm sure some of those were with the Lakers, where of he yeah. pretty publicly left the team that he was at to go right. to the Lakers, which was a better organization, <clears> to play alongside better players. Paul George, some of those are probably not with Correct. the Pacers. No, you're very right. Well, here's what's interesting. I didn't, I didn't get into the details of the numbers, but so Dame Lillard, seven all-star appearances. He's won four, four playoff series. Y'all track with me at home. Russell Westbrook, seven all-star appearances, six playoff series wins. Paul George, eight all-star appearances, seven playoff series wins. Then you get to AD, seven playoff series the wins. Then you get to Giannis, mm. eight. Then you get to Chris Paul, 10 playoff series wins. Harden, 10 playoff series wins. Jimmy Butler, six all-star appearances, 11 playoff series wins. It's just, I just ask myself, mm-hmm. why hasn't Dame been more conducive to winning when we have seen other guys go to other bad organizations? You have well, an answer. One, one thing she just said that, that made a great point is that some teams ain't on their only team they was drafted to doing that. A lot of them guys are leaving and going to get them wins, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's hard to compare it. This guy is staying like, loyal to this team that, that they wasn't getting better, right? With the regular guys that yeah. I had here, where the other guys, they teamed up with dudes. Paul George, they teamed up with guys. Yep. Anthony Davis, he was with the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. He wasn't winning no playoff games. I've been there when they played the Warriors. It was crazy. I knew <laughs> they were going to lose. <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, you can't argue that with, 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 with Dame because he's actually been in the team. He's never left. They were bad. He stayed with them. I'm staying with you guys. When the other guys, they left and went with better teams to win. The comparison I would make and can, will continue to make is with Kevin Garnett because they both expressed the same loyalty to a small market that struggled to get star players to accompany them in that place. <clears throat> and he finally, I mean, look, he didn't want to go to Boston. It was, it was like, we got this trade. He had to be oh, he talked didn't want, he didn't in. Oh, he didn't want to go? He had to be talked into going. Okay. And then once he got there and he was like, oh, like, we're, we can play for it all? Right. Like, cool. This is a real team? I feel like Damian is going through that same thing. Not wanting to give up the idea that, no, I can be that guy. That's why I've respected him staying respect in Portland. Yeah. Like, I want to be the guy that brings it here. It may only be one. It may not be. I, I don't know if it'll ever happen. 
But I'm like, going to try to what, get there. What's the truth to this? And Joy, you heard this better than most people because you were co-hosting that show at the time. I love listening to Colin. He says some things and they stick every now and then. And this one stuck with me. He said that how often outside of Steph Curry do you see a championship team where the best players are guard? Like, when you think about things historically, like, unless you want to count LeBron James as a guard, but obviously size is really the contingent component here, whether it is Giannis, whether it's Jokic, whether it's LeBron, whether it's Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, whether it's Tim Duncan, whether it's Dirk Nowitzki, whether it's LeBron and LeBron again, whether it's Kawhi Leonard, whether it's Kevin Garnett, you can now go back to 2000, you might say it's Rasheed Wallace, I could argue Chauncey Billups if you wanted to go to those 04 Pistons. He said where where the best player is the the best player on that team is a guard outside The only issue now is that, like, the game evolves, right? It was a point in time where everything was was centered around the center. The yeah. bigs. Right, True. the bigs. True. Okay, and then it came to guards. Now it's the point guards. If you look at all the top dudes, the point guards, that they're really running the show. So I, I get what he's saying, but like, you got to involve with the time, But man. do you and think that if, if Dame is the best player, mm-hmm. what, what, what shady can, can you use to say that if Dame is the best player on that team, and we do assume if he goes to the Heat, I would think he would be the best player on that team, Dame or Jimmy Butler. Yeah, yeah. Um, if Dame is the best player, where's the evidence to support that like a, a 6'2", mm-hmm. 6'3", guard as your best player can win you a chip? There's just not a much of evidence outside of Steph. I, just but, like- I mean, Steph is a part of the current dynasty. So it's not like they just won one and then they've just been struggling ever since. True. He's won four. So, like, that's four championships. It it shows that it could happen. But I I think, Acho, you you, you bring up a great point. And I've always thought of this about Damian, like, and with Steph. Because I don't think Steph is a champion without Clay, without Dre, without that that group. As opposed to... Like LeBron, just because of his physical dominance. Steph can't dominate a game physically the way LeBron can. Um, That there's been that question, can Damian get it done in Portland being the best player? Well, boy, you'd have to put a lot of talent around him that I don't think you're going to get to Portland. Which is why he's trying to leave. Yes, so I'm good with that. But that's why I think he has to leave. Right. Even him being 6'2 and all that you guys are talking about, like you don't have to be the best player every game. When you have good players with you, right? LeBron James is the most dominant guy in the last couple of years, correct, mm-hmm. right? But we can't have like Kyrie Irving when that champ- the championship that he got, like that he didn't help out. No he had doubt. a big part of it. So, yeah, Dame is 6'2 or whatever, but when you play with Bam, I think now Bam role can be different. Now we don't need a band to score 30 points every game or try to get exactly. that. He can just do his role. And then, no. and then Jimmy Butler. Like, Jimmy Butler is a solid player. Mm-hmm. He's a really good player. I don't think he's super offensively gifted like that, right? But there's times he show where he can. Well, now you get a guy like Dame that's offensively gifted. Can shoot from anywhere. Yeah. It has a lot of offensive volume. Yep. So now we can play off each other. So like you said about Steph Curry, I got so many different weapons with me that we're better together than just me. But this is my point is that you have to like get Harris. those. Like, and this is why I do like, the, the, if I was going to make a case for Damian going to Miami and why that's a great spot is because I need an architect who can, is not just getting me talent. He's getting me the right talent that will cover my weaknesses and will enhance my strengths. And that's what Klay Thompson and Draymond Green have done for Steph Curry. Klay Thompson was, before he got hurt, was as good a, of a two-way guard I agree. as any I agree in with the that. league. I agree with that. Draymond Green could take the playmaking off of, of Steph, Steph yep. and could be a, a, a distributor and a playmaker. And then you had Andre Iguodala, and you had like all these pieces that allowed Steph to cook and do what he but did that, best. But that's a team, though. 
Understood, but I mean, but you need somebody who understands how all those pieces fit, and then you have to be in an organization that has the capability of going and That's getting Miami. it. Sounds like Pat Riley. That's coaching, yeah. Spo. Not arguing with that. They got a nice little, I mean, the Sixers, can we get <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I love it. Well, from one team trying to compete for a championship, that is Miami, to another one, the Miami Dolphins. They have a stacked roster, but what is their ceiling? It is contingent upon Tua Tungavailoa's health. But if he is healthy, can the Dolphins win a Super Bowl? A fantastic conversation. Next, on Speaker. Baseball is back, and so is Flippin' Bats. Five times a week, Monday through Friday. So follow us on the Fox Sports app, YouTube, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, save $30 on the American-made Steel FS56 RCE Trimmer. Real Steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. There is a lot of buzz in Miami for the Dolphins, and rightfully so. But all the hope is falling on quarterback Tua Tungavailoa's shoulders. Remember, Tua missed five games last season due to a concussion. An article wrote... If he is healthy, if his health is not a problem, the Dolphins have legitimate Super Bowl dreams. Joy, I will let you run with it first, and then I will take the baton from you, because if I take off running, I ain't slowing down. <laughs> um, Joy, what is the stealing for the Dolphins if Tua Tungavailoa is healthy? Super Bowl! Oh. Woof. You oh. said it so well. You did, you did a when great job. When you say Miami, <laughs> you're talking Super Bowl. I mean, I think the Super Bowl. I think they can make the Super Bowl. And if you can make the Super Bowl, you can win. Anything can happen. It's one game. I think the ceiling is high. They're 7-3 and three when he was healthy. He led the league in passer rating last year. We got an opportunity to see what Tua is capable of with talent around him. When the organization has said you're the guy, when you have a coach that believes in you. I mean, they brought in Tyreek Hill. They have Waddle. And he performed. The question is... Can he stay healthy for an entire season? And can he be healthy at the end of the season and the postseason when it matters? And we'll find out. But the question of whether or not he can play at the highest level has been answered. So it's really up to Tua staying healthy at this point. And if he can stay healthy, I don't know why he's not the Dolphins with the talent that they have on both sides of the ball and what they built on last year can't be in the mix with all the other teams in the AFC. I'm trying not to be biased genuinely because I fell in love with the Miami Dolphins last year. You at home, you probably know that. If two is healthy, I don't see why the Dolphins can't win the Super Bowl and I don't see how the Dolphins are not the dark horse to win the Super Bowl. We know how good they are on offense. I'm not going to bore you all with that. Defensively is what not enough people are talking about. Vic Banjo is brought in now as a defensive coordinator. Mm. In my mind, he has really revolutionized the 3-4 defense. What is so good about the 3-4 defense? Defense, it is harder for an offense to understand where the fourth rusher is coming from. Won't bore you with that. What I will tell you is this. Last time he was a defensive coordinator, Chicago Bears, number four defense in football. He has commanded five top five defenses over the course of his career. That's five times, most notably with the San Francisco 49ers when they were great. Shady, Jalen Ramsey has shown up. When you have a player like Jalen Ramsey opposite Xavier Howard, now you know just how versatile you can be because you can lock the backside. You can say, hey, I will take out this receiver, say 
safety, safety. Y'all push to the front side, play five defensive players on three offensive players. We have a numbers advantage mm-hmm. there. Then offensively, where will the Dolphins ever be outmatched? That's the question I ask myself. They're not going to have a defensive secondary that can lock up Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Waddle is the number two wide receiver, had 1,300 yards yeah. last year, Busy. led the NFL in yards per reception. Where are you going to have a defense that can keep up with the speed of the Miami Dolphins? Raheem Mostert, Devin A. Chain, drafted in the third round out of Texas A&M. So you might say, well, the Dolphins don't have a tight end. They don't need one. That's why they let Mike Gusecki walk. Secondly and lastly, you said this off camera. I'll say it on camera. When you think about the brilliance of the staff of the Dolphins, I don't know who's this significant if any better. Mike McDaniel, one of the most brilliant offensive yeah, minds the game has yeah, seen. Yeah. Vic Vangio, one of the most brilliant defensive minds the game has ever seen. I don't know a team, Shady, that can step on the field and have a significant advantage at any important position group over the Miami Dolphins. No, I totally agree. I think if Tua is healthy, they can make that push for a Super Bowl run. I mean, they're in a tough division, but I think that they can compete in that division. Um, you talk about the offense, right, with, with two number one receivers on both sides of the ball, and then, and then Tua. I got to give Tua some credit. When he was playing, he was so efficient, right? Smart. He, he knew where everywhere he wanted to go with the ball before the, the ball was even snapped. So I, I love to see what the Dolphins do. I mean, even on defense, yeah. bringing in Ramsey to this defense already, I thought it was a solid secondary, but now you bring Ramsey, you do so much with that. Now you know they can cover on yeah. both sides. So, I mean, like, the ceiling's high for this, for this group. So we'll see what happens. Oh, don't do it, Slick. I have to. <laughs> Sorry. I am, I am with you on everything about the optimism when it comes to the Miami Dolphins, except I still have a question about Tua. Fair. Of course. He is fragile. I all do. He's fragile. Not, only, do. not only fragile, but I have seen a couple games against the 49ers, against the Chargers in particular, where it wasn't just that he was a little off. He was like, what? what's going on? And that was not concussion infected and that's the other problem is is like figuring out the later performances that were also off how much of that had to do with that he was playing through a fog Mm -hmm. and when I look at the court when you talk about the positional matchups yeah in every case except I look at the AFC quarterbacks that he's going to have to beat to get there true and that's the question that I have so I have seen what he's capable of but I haven't seen it enough to fully buy in that he's that guy that can take you to a Super Bowl. Is it that you haven't seen it enough or is it that you're still marred by those two performances? Because I've seen it enough, but I am still marred by those two performances, one I witnessed in person. Remember, Tua went there and outplayed Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Mm -hmm. If y'all remember that fourth quarter where Tua and the Dolphins came storming back, Mm -hmm. Tua outplayed Josh Allen. Unfortunately, Tua had a concussion when he did it. But Tua outplayed Josh Allen in that game where the Dolphins again came storming back. I think it was week two of the season where Tua's tied Dan Marino for most passing touchdowns in a game with six. So I've seen enough from Tua positively. But... Tua do be getting hurt. Shady, why you smirking? No, nah, I mean, this, uh, you said Dan Marino. I just, I mean, Dan, I mean, Dan let's just leave Dan out of it. Let's just leave Dan out of it. But no, nah, but no, nah, he, he be playing well. I, I just think that he's so fragile. You, you, it's hard to bet on him, right? And then when he, when he comes back, he might go out again. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes when, when guys get hurt, uh, he got hurt. I mean, it sucks, but he'll be back. And then when he comes back, he goes a long time when I get injured again. Well, we see with Tua, he gets hurt. He hurt again. He hurt again. So, it's hard to really bet on this team because I don't think that they're the same team without Tua. The only question that I have about the Dolphins really outside of Tua's health is the offensive line, which Dolphins fans never want to hear about. 
Mm. But they ranked 22nd last year. They're projected to rank 20th this year. Now, hopefully, they end up being better than that. But when you have... How do project that? Uh, well, we just face off off-season moves, who's healthy, who's coming back. But crazy stat. It's, that's what's concerning to me, because even though Tua can move around a little bit and he's very accurate, as we know, he's also injury-prone. Yes, mm-hmm. And yes. having an offensive line that puts you in bad situations... Yeah tends to lean towards that's going to be an issue that you're going to have to deal with throughout the season. So I'm hoping that they play improved this year for Tua's sake, obviously, and for the offense's sake, because when you're asking what's a position group that could line up against the Dolphins and have the advantage, well, a defensive line hmm. could have the advantage in that space if the offensive line is, is, is struggling. So that's the only question about it. But we're doing all these projections at this point in the NFL calendar year. Obviously, this is all on paper, what we're looking for. But, and, you know, we're all assuming everyone's healthy at the end of the season. Everyone's going to have all their crucial pieces at the end of the season. We know that's not going to be true. true. But I don't know why, when you look at what the Dolphins had, when they added this offseason, building again on what they saw from Tua last year, bringing back some of the high-level pieces that they do have, and bringing in the high-level pieces that they acquired this offseason, why you can't be that optimistic. Like, I feel better about where the Dolphins are right now than where the Jets are. Yeah. I feel like I have less questions about the Dolphins than the, than the Jets. There, and we're talking about the Jets as Super Bowl contenders. There's not really a question about the Dolphins. The only question is to his health. But you can't project somebody getting hurt. At least right. we won't. Not right. on this show. Right. It's just respect of the athletes too much. On paper, I think the Dolphins, on paper considering coaching as well, I think the Dolphins, the Chiefs, the Bengals. But truth be told, I don't like the Bengals' defense. So that's why I really like the Dolphins on Paper. Mm. The Chiefs, they have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, so you can't even, like, you just kind of got to put them to the side. And Travis Kelsey. So you really just got to put them to the side. But, like, 2-5 on paper, it's all Dolphins for me. And the last thing I'll say is there's a difference, and I'm, I'm interested if you'll speak to this. Maybe I'll know more as a defender, between pocket presence and mobility. Tua is not a mobile quarterback. Tua's pocket presence is elite. So Tua is phenomenal yeah. at sliding left, mm-hmm. sliding right, stepping up, avoiding pressure. Even, but, even spinning out. I see him come out and spin out. Like, yep. Too? But when you saw against the Niners and the Dol- when Tua has to run, oh, it's bad ball. Yeah. Like, you don't want that. But Tua's pocket presence to me, Shady, yeah. I love. That's why I'm like, he's going to be all right. I think he'll be okay. I don't know. I mean, they talking about he was doing the jitsu or, mm-hmm. or yep. Taibo or something to, to try to see how he could fall. Listen, you playing it. <laughs> Whatever they say he's doing. You've been playing ball this long. Yeah. And, and you're not going to learn how to fall different. Like, I was, I was reading that. Like, what are they trying to do? Mm. Remember, didn't they teach Mike Vick how to slide? Man, listen. Mike to- Vick could never slide, right? And we were like, Mike, you got to slide. You're one of the best athletes we've ever seen. They brought over the pitchers, or not the pitchers, some of the players from the Phillies to teach them how to slide. They're in there, they're in there trying to teach this all-star athlete how to slide. Yeah. He couldn't do it. He's yeah. been playing ball for so many years. Either you have it or you don't. They got so bad that they got the sliding board, like, uh, like um, them blow up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, you know what right. I'm talking about? Slip and slide? Slip and slide <laughs> to teach him. He couldn't do it. So my thing is, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. New tricks. My grandma's, my grandma's always telling me that. Well, from the AFC quarterbacks to the NFC quarterbacks, the most fascinating dialogue is, where do you rank the NFC quarterbacks? Most will have Jalen Hurts at number one. I mean, duh. <laughs> not everybody. But not Every what? Ranking the oh, NFC quarterbacks yeah. we return. It's about to get spicy. Listen, Next. we got <laughs> biblical references. <laughs> Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. 
from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real Steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Let's talk NFC quarterbacks. It's got to be my favorite conversation of the day. Lions defensive back Jerry Jacobs, he said his guy Jared Goff is in the top five in the conference. But did he make my top five? Going to give you the list. Number one, it is very easy, and I hope to see nobody dispute it. Jalen Hurts. Obviously, Jalen Hurts, he's got to be the most talented quarterback in the NFC. At number two, this is where I have Dak Prescott. I get it. How in the world is Dak Prescott at number two? I will explain. Dak Prescott is consistently good. If he starts the entirety of the season, he does not have a losing season. He has commanded multiple number one offenses. He's had number one offenses that are top ten in passing and top ten in rushing. I have to respect the consistency of number four. At number three, I have to respect the Super Bowl ring of Matthew Stafford. Why isn't Stafford ahead of Dak? Well, number one, he had a concussion last season, y'all, and he tried to return from the concussion, but then was put back in concussion protocol. I'm paying attention to that. Also, out of a plausible 34 opportunities to win games in the regular season, Matthew Stafford has only won 15 regular season games in Los Angeles. I get he won a Super Bowl. I'm respecting the Super Bowl. That's why he's at three. And number four, Jared Goff. Jared Goff balled out last year with the Detroit Lions. I expect much more of the same. Furthermore, when you think about the quarterbacks behind me and their receiving cores, you can think of the superstar names. Cooper Cup, CeeDee Lamb, A.J. Brown. When you think about Jared Goff, he doesn't have no first-team All-Pro out there catching passes from him. And lastly, at number five, Geno Smith. What Geno Smith did with the Seahawks last year, what he did with his completion percentage at and above 68%, how he got the Seahawks to the playoffs when everybody thought they were rebuilding and tanking, absolutely phenomenal. That's my top five quarterbacks in the NFC. Hurts, Prescott, Stafford, Goff, Geno Smith heading to the desk because we got to catch up with everybody else. The producers have told me I'm going to hear some craziness from Mm -hmm. some lists, Mm -hmm. but Shady, what is yours? Where you at with your time? <laughs> you can't cheat. You can't cheat. Why are you glaring and slick? I'm asking your list. My right top five would be Jalen Hurts, Matthew Stafford, okay. Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, Jared Goff. You got Dak after Kirk. You got to break this down for you. I mean, they're, they're like the same. Mm-hmm. I think they're the same guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, one guy's a little darker than the other one. Same guy to me. But is there a difference? Okay, break this down. Stafford at two, all because of the Super Bowl? Yeah, but first of all, let's not act like he's not one of the most talented quarterbacks on this side. Mike Matthew Stafford. Not tripping. Okay, but he's a famine, though, right? Talented, and he got one out there and won a a championship. The Rams can't win nothing. They go out there, they get Matthew Stafford in the Mm. first year, he bring a chip back home. Mm. I don't care if he got hurt the next year after that or whatever, but when you bring a chip home to a city, to a team, to a franchise, that matters. Unless you want me to go with the guy that doesn't do that. How is he not? It's up to you. Well, no, it's up to you, guys. It's up to you. Yeah. It's up to me. Joy, it is up to you. Your top five. Where you at? This is hurting my soul. Obviously, Jalen's the best. Yeah. Nobody's going to say that he's not. <laughs> Except Jalen uh, just did. <laughs> no, Jalen is the best in the NFC. He's number one. He's, well, he's, on, he's number one. You know that. Matthew Uno. Stafford. Zach Prescott, if you want to swap Zach out for Kirk Cousins, I'm fine with that also. <laughs> Derek Carr. And Jared Goff. Mm. I really, you can argue amongst yourselves after two. Really, it's, it's not going to hurt my feelings either way. I have Cousins at six, Daniel Jones at seven, Bryce Young at eight. 
Derek oh, wow. Carr. You, did, you, you, you get extra credit. I like Derek. I like oh, Derek Carr. I think Derek's going to do well. I think they're going to win the division. I want to put him there. I wanted to put like just out of respect for Derek Carr. I want to put him there, but my soul just wouldn't allow me to do it. How does Matthew Stafford won a Super Bowl? What was it? Five years ago? Six years ago? Last. Was it two years ago? Mm-hmm. Two years ago, right? Yeah, two years ago. Pretty big deal. Matt Stafford, two years ago? Yeah. So he had no, one like season it. in which he was concussed and was injured. The, and now we're going to play. He falls off. The, he falls uh, off. Nah, he didn't fall off. I just, I like consistency. And he got an arm, too. Ooh, I like consistency out you. of my QBs. Stafford, just for me, is just inconsistent. Even the year he won the Super Ooh, Bowl. I mean, but you think Dak is better Dak. than Matthew Stafford? Dak's just so much more consistent. What about all the years that Matthew Stafford was doing all that he was doing before he came to the Rams? Losing and losing and picks. What's picks. Dak doing? Not losing. Dak does not have. Dak don't lose. He doesn't have losing seasons. He, he also has. Like he just, yeah, he just loses the games that matter. What Matt Stafford has. Yeah. I think yeah. I probably, I but this is what I don't understand. Like you guys are all. This hurts my soul. Why? Okay. Why? Jalen hurts. We are putting him at the top. Yes. So who should be then? Matt Stafford should be number one without huh. question. Huh. Well, based on their without logic, question. I won't argue. Because what I heard from you, Acho, was that, well, I can't trust him because he's had a concussion. But we just got out of a segment where you're telling me that Tua could lead the freaking Miami Dolphins to a Super Bowl. So that. if a guy can come back from a concussion, why can't Matthew Stafford? If I look at Stafford's year in 21, it was better than Jalen Hurts' year last year. Okay, but Jalen was all pro last year. Oh, I, I'm I, okay. I'm just talking about performance and accomplishment. You're on to something. The guy You're on to something. Who be, was able to close the deal? Who had to go through Tom Brady and had to go through Joe Burrow? Oh my God, the three. Jalen. Wait, you have a problem with that? You, you got off of the Matt Stafford argument awfully quickly. No, no, no. I, I, I actually love your Matt Stafford argument. Okay. Because I think your argument is actually right. Yeah. The, Come on over to the Rams well, side. No, what I'm I saying knew is, what happened eventually. <laughs> I knew I would get y'all eventually. What I'm saying Ram is, Nation. if they're putting Stafford, if they're <laughs> putting... If they're putting Stafford at two because he's won a Super Bowl, then yep. you actually have to put Stafford at one. Where'd you put Stafford at? He's at three. Stafford's at three on yours? Yeah. But if so the, how do you have Matthew Stafford at three, but you don't, you not, you have the Seahawks winning the division? Yeah. How'd that work? I think the Rams roster is atrocious. Atrocious. Bad. Like the, but bad don't they have the best bad. receiver in the division? They have the best receiver. And they have, have the, the best, best quarterback. And they have the best defensive line. No doubt about they it. They have the best coach in the division. Yes. And they and that all those four pieces out of 22. So, so all that, that all those nine wins from the Seahawks last year. Yeah, I mean it's come on it's, over. It's, you know no, you no, no. do it. I think the Rams are gonna win like six games this year. I think they'll tap. But wow. What's your issue with Jared Goff at three? He's been to a Super Bowl. Right? My issue is, respectfully, a lot of guys have been to a Super Bowl. Respect, not genuinely, a lot of guys on this, not, not a, guy, a lot of guys, guys on this list. <laughs> Jared Goff gave us oh, man. that last season. How much stock do we buy into it? Like, I really was For using Detroit? my list was. Excellent. He could have been a Pro Bowler this year. I think he was. Was he not last year? I think Jared Goff made the Pro Bowl. I think Jared Goff, Geno Smith. Yeah, last year. Yeah. Uh, my list was really based on equity. I put Jalen Hurts at number one because I didn't want Shady to come over my, my head with a, with, a, with a speak mug. So I put him at number one just to kind of duck and cover. But truthfully, outside of that, that's why I had Dak at two is because Dak is actually never bad. Like, n- never bad. It is, it is crazy on, how never bad don't, Dak don't is. Don't say he's never was bad. Don't say that. He never has been that's bad. That's not true, though. He's like he was bad last year. He was real season. Bad. Hold on, hold on. You can't say he was never bad. He, he won 12 last year, Somebody, 80. So 12. He, the, he was good last year? Yeah. The Cowboys were good. When Dak was there, so, the Cowboys were number so, one. Hold on, hold on. 
if you lead the league in picks, yep. right? Play less games than any other quarterback. Sure, Matthew Stafford. How is that a hold on, hold on, hold on. This is right, one done. person at a time. Go ahead. So if you me. lead the, me. if you lead the league in picks, you lead the league in pick sixes. Mm-hmm. How is that a good year? I'm tripping. Like you are tripping because your list has Matthew Stafford at number two, and he led the league in picks the year they won the Super Bowl, and he led the league in picks. Wait, what what did he do at the end? The just, Super Bowl. Just, yeah, was just, but what did he do at the end? He won the Super Bowl. What did he do at the end? What did Dak do? He lost the game for him. He absolutely did. How do you have, how do you have 15 turnovers though, bro, and only 12 games? That's hard to do. That's hard Wait, to do. What are we talking about? So, so, don't, so don't lie to me and don't lie to America. I'm not lying to the people. You told him that he had a good year last he year. He did. Shady, the Cowboys' offense was number one when Dak Prescott was on the field. I can't see. You know how many 40-point games you know they had? the sad part is? Like, this is the reason why a lot of Dallas fans, a lot of people out there, they support Dak. Because it's guys like you that's not keeping it 1,000. If you said that, yo, majority of the time Dak is consistent, plays well. Yes. I would, I would say, you know what, that's, that's, that's some true. part true. Right. But when you said he never plays bad. In the season. He had a bad year last no. year. And I'm not going to let nobody else tell me different. He didn't have a bad year. He threw a lot of picks. But if your offense is still number one, it's not a bad year. It is not a great year. How's that a good thing, though, if, you, if I lead the league in fumbles? So let me ask you. It's like, Shay, all I ever heard of what? my whole life in football is one thing. What's the one thing? My like whole life. Any coach. I could just play a coach on TV. Remember this? Take care of the football. Take care of the ball. Here's what I'm saying, though. That's the main thing. But here's what I can't let y'all do because y'all's logic is flawed. At the point in which the playoffs started in 2021, the 2021 season, Mm -hmm. nobody would have said Matthew Stafford had a bad year. He had 41 touchdowns. He had 17 interceptions. I get, like, at the point in which the playoffs started, you wouldn't have said he had a bad year. You wouldn't have said the we evidence of the postseason. Agreed. Right. We so can't play this game, bro. It made his Let's year. Play what you did. It made, it, it made his year better. Wait, wait, it, it made the whole team better. They couldn't do that. They bring him. They go straight did Cooper there. Cup take a take a step. Did OBJ recover his career by by going there? Yeah. And was Matthew Stafford not coming in there starting fresh with a brand new team? Where I'm going to give him a little ramp to to pick it up. The thing I've seen with Dak is Dak is as good as the talent around him. That's, that's true. As, as the offensive line has fallen off, as the running game has fallen off, like where everything else is determines how good Dak is. But, Matt Stafford this is just was the difference for the Rams. Matthew Stafford and Dak, because talent-wise, you agree, they're not close, though, right? Yes, agreed. They're not even close talent-wise. Okay, okay, but here's right. my thing. What we cannot do on this show I might do it. Does not act like Von Miller. Oh, oh, my. What? oh here we go. Oh, my God, here Von we go. Miller? Here we we're go. Oh, my God, the first ballot Hall of Famer? Come on. We're not going to act like Von Miller didn't show up? No, was he? Von, so Von he Miller was Like, let's establish the fact that, well, Aaron Donald was at least on the Super Bowl team in 2019 when they went and lost to the Patriots, 2018, 2019 year. Aaron Donald was great, too. Von Miller was a new addition to that team. Yes. Leonard Floyd, a 10-sack guy, was on that team. Right. Odell Beckham was on that team. Mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford, he obviously helped as well. But I'm not just going to sit here and be like, it was all. All Stafford. No, no, no. Nobody I'm not said going it was there. all Stafford, but uh. Stafford came there and won a Super Bowl at the most important position with a team that had gone to true. a Super Bowl Come on now. a few and years it, before that. And at what point have you said Dak Prescott carried the Dallas Cowboys to this victory in a meaningful one? Well, they don't go to NFC Championship games, so they can't, we can't talk that's, about that's, that. That's the hole for me, is Dak has been good. You're right. And, th- and th- this is why oh, we yes. get into this argument, and this is why Cowboys fans – 
hate when people hate on, on DAC because they're like, look at the numbers. Look at the numbers. And you know this as well as anybody. Like, translate the numbers into what they Gangs. mean as far as the success of the team and important situations. Pick. Pick six. Pick. Pick six. Pick six. Pick. Pick. Lose the game. Pick. Oh, he dropped the pick. Lose the game. That's Dak Prescott in the playoffs. Am I tripping? Sounds you're, like you're a... Not, um, you're not tripping. It should be a song. Pick. Pick. Oh, it sounds like a video. Pick six. Pick Lose six. Pick. Pick, pick six, pick six. This is one time. <laughs> Finish it. Emmy, this is one time. <laughs> Everybody's going left. You got to come go with left. You got to come with yeah. uh, Well, coming up, speaking of going left, James Harden, the lefty, he wants to mm. get out of Philly and pick. get left. Oh. That saga, yeah. it is ongoing. But should the Sixers actually want to keep James Harden? That is next on Speak. Yeah. Look at Joy. At all times, get same way. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I was like, Harden, he goes right. He goes right. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. to James Harden because all eyes have been on him. There's been so much drama and trouble and just a crazy saga mm. in Philly. Doc Rivers is out. Nurse is in as a head coach. But that hasn't really changed the fact that James Harden, he wants out. Ten-time All-Star. He recently opted in on his player option, but if you really have been keeping up with the details of all of this, he opted in on his player option just so he could eventually demand a trade mm. to go elsewhere. So, truly, I'm a little bit confused by the matter. Slick, you are the NBA mind extraordinaire. Should the Sixers want to keep James Harden? They should not. And it's they not a matter not. of his talent. It's a matter of what happens when James, James Harden makes it known that I don't want to be in a place. We have seen it. James Harden is not, is not going to be the good soldier. And I understand why GM Daryl Morey might be thinking, I can bridge this, because those two do have a great relationship. And, but Daryl Morey wasn't in Houston uh, when the season started. James Harden came out and played well for about a week, and then they still weren't trading him. They weren't answering his trade demands. And suddenly he was either not available or he was putting on like five pounds every day. I don't know what he was doing, but suddenly he got beefy. And then we saw him in Brooklyn when he was sent to Brooklyn. And <laughs> wow, he had a hamstring injury. And we're going into the trade deadline. And we're also going into the all-star break. And suddenly he doesn't know how long that hamstring injury is going to keep him out. Mm -hmm. And until he was traded to Philadelphia. And then he missed a couple games getting back into shape, but did not have an issue with that hamstring for the rest of the season. So that's why I would move off of him because once James decides I don't want to be a place, he becomes less than, he's not going to give you anything close to what he's capable doesn't of Doesn't it though depend on why Harden doesn't want to be there? In Houston, you knew he wasn't going to get that paper. He wanted out. But in Philly, it's not a matter of, in Houston, he knew he wasn't going to win. That's why he wanted out. Yep. But in Philly, it's not a matter of winning. He wants that money. Yep. Like when James Harden opted out, it was under, when he was going to opt out, hopefully he was thinking they might sign him to a longer term deal. Mm -hmm. You saw that with Draymond Green. You saw that with Chris Middleton. Opt out of the Warriors, opt out of the Bucks, sign long term extension, get more paper. But when the Sixers were like, you know what, Harden? 
Go ahead. Opt out then. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, no, 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 no. Let me just opt in real quick. I think Shady is more of a matter of money. So I would say they should want to keep him because where else are you going to find a number two who can give you 45 in a playoff game, who can give you 42 in a playoff game? And Joel Embiid is his best version when James Harden is there. Embiid has never played with the tennis assist guy, if I'm not mistaken. Ben Simmons got close. Embiid has led the league in scoring the last two years since James Harden has been there. Embiid won an MVP over the likes of Jokic and Giannis with Harden there. So where are you going to find a player that can make and be the best version of himself? Where can you find a player that's that good like you're talking about that in the fourth quarter in game four, five, and six don't score not one point in the fourth quarter? Where can you find that guy? You can find him in Philadelphia. Mm. James Harden. He's right there for you. <laughs> Listen, I, I think it's time for James to move on. Uh, I talked about Dame Lillard. I think that if you look at Dame, you look at James Harden, they're totally two different players. I feel like a guy like Dame is going to come in shape, he's going to come prepared, wants to play, wants to win. Yep. He de- desires to win. Where I feel like James, he, he doesn't. And he's never always in shape. Got to work his way to get in shape. And I, and I feel like sometimes he doesn't want to be there. You talk about them different teams. I mean, Houston, I mean, that, you go there, he plays well, individual ball, bad scoring. They don't win. Brooklyn, as much as we want to blame Kevin Durant, a lot of that has to do with James Harden. We interviewed Kyrie Irving. He talked about how, you know, him and, him and um, um, Durant, you know, they welcomed James Harden. They talked about it. And he wanted to come there. He was like, oh, cool. Come on. And then you want to leave that fast. How can we win like that? So I want players from my team for the Sixers that want to be there, that want to win, mm. that want to go out there and, and contribute to, to get the championship. And then if you talk about the money part, what teams is going to go put this type of big money on James Harden at this level? I don't see no more explosion. I don't see the, he's not as athletic no more. I've never seen James Harden get his shot blocked so much. I haven't seen James Harden dunk the ball, like yep. maybe once this year. Mm-hmm. So I just don't see where the, the value of the money meets the player now at this stage. It, it, it's tough with James Harden because you are right about him making Joel Embiid better. But how much better? That's all I have to say. Like Individually, sure, he won MVP this year. But... Did he want, win the MVP running away? No. There were two other guys who were in close conversation with winning the MVP. And that didn't translate to them moving any further along in the playoffs than they always have. The thing with James Harden is sometimes your reputation is slanderous and sometimes it's earned. Mm-hmm. Right. And <laughs> you just outlined all the places that he left, all the places that had problems. You talked about how he acts when he doesn't want to mm-hmm. be there. You talked about him not showing up in the biggest moments. It wasn't just with the Sixers that he's disappeared in the postseason. That's true. So we have questions about his commitment overall to organizations. We have questions about his commitment when it comes to his body and being in shape and things of that nature, getting along with teammates, and you disappear when it matters most. He's a great scorer. He's a great player. He used used to be a great scorer. He's a, good, he's a good scorer now. Man. We used to be great. Got, uh, yeah. got 40 I mean, twice in the playoffs. And then, yeah. had, then, then what? Uh, I'm, see, I'm just saying. See, but no, but I, you I, say I, that, anybody you know, getting 40 okay, is hard. All I'm saying is when you, when you want to mention the 40, mention all the other numbers. And, and yeah, yeah, you can't. You, you okay. have, no, you have to. You can't. Because, because you they to. lost. If, if they had done that, if he had done that and maybe disappeared and they still found a way to win, okay, maybe you had a down series or whatever. But they needed him. They needed That's him. But here is my issue because let's just keep it real. Everybody keep it real. I do. Ever. James Harden did give you 40. When he gave you 13, when he gave you 14, when he gave you 9, when he gave you 17, I would be more upset if he was the number one. 
I go back to Golden State. I think it was 2018 when the Rockets lost to Golden State, and I think Harden goes two for 13 from three. When mm-hmm. he's the number one, I'm, 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 I'm furious. Mm-hmm. When Jimmy Butler gave the Heat 14 points, I think it was in game one of the NBA Finals, that's a problem. No. You the number one. Go score. But at the point in which you got an MVP on the court too, Mm-mm. like I cannot be as mad when you give me 17 as if you were the number one. Because if we don't talk all the way about it, let's talk about it. I'm going to take 45, mm-hmm. 12, 16, 42, mm-hmm. 17, 13. That nine is inexcusable for anybody. But like y'all do the averages, 45, 12, 16, 42. So is the 12 and the 13. And I disagree with you about it, about him being a number two. Uh, you're not winning a championship all on your own. You're not right. doing that. No, so if he had right. one game of 12 and then was averaging 20 or 22 in the other games, uh, okay. But you can't have a 12, a 13, a 9 when the thing that you do best is score. But not right. anymore, though. The thing he does then best what now are you is there pass. For? He passed. He led the league in assists. You can't – passing can't be the only thing that you do it's if you're the, the number two. It's not the only thing he does. But remember, we all saw what AD did. AD gave you a 20-point game, a game in the teens. A 20-point game, a game in the teens. A 20-point game, a game in the teens. And then he moved on. Yep. If James Harden is giving you a 40-point game, which AD did not do until right. game one of the NBA okay. Finals right. – I'm not going to condemn him harder yeah, than Yeah, but I AD also AD. plays defense and rebounds. Bro, I'm, about to say that. I, I, I'm not going to compare them. One dude uh, uh, dominates the ball way more than Anthony Davis. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so I, I don't want to play the offense game because AD, he can affect the game on defense. Okay, mm-hmm. I might not be scoring his game, but I'm going to affect the game. steals. Right, on defense. Rebounds. Where James Harden, like, you, you want to throw this number two role, but, like, come on. James Harden, I mean, obviously, Embiid's the number one. But of course. People still look at Harden like he could be a, a 1B. Right? We're talking about James Harden here. No, no, but uh, that's why I'm not not down on the talent. I'm not believing that he's washed. And I'm not, I'm hard pressed to find somebody who is capable of doing what he and Embiid, if you you just take a step back and look at the talent of the two, it should be able to take you someplace. I agree with that. It hasn't. I agree with that. Now, the reason, and I I, I appreciate your argument because I think it's a sound one. But once James decides he doesn't want to be a place, then that talent goes out the window. Mm-hmm. And they've changed coaches. Like, that's the other element. Yeah. Like, you got Nick Nurse coming in, and based on what I heard from Nick Nurse, he's not enthralled yeah, with all. coaching James Harden. Not yet. Anymore, and so that, for me, is why you need to move on. Well said, well said. Well, speaking of talent, Josh Allen, he is elite, but he hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. Lamar Jackson, just as elite, but two, has not yet won a Super Bowl. Which of those two phenomenal quarterbacks has more to prove? We're going to dance on this next conversation. Speak! Don't go anywhere. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, same draft class, and both have been outstanding. But they're also both looking for their first Super Bowl appearance. Allen, 
is being asked about potential drama with Stephon Diggs. While over in Baltimore, Lamar Jackson got seriously paid this offseason. Shady, one of the most fascinating questions I've heard recently is, who's got more to prove between Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson? Both have a lot I think they still need to show us, but who's got more to prove? I'm going to say Josh Allen. I think they, they get so close every year, and everybody's always put them in the top. Oh, Josh Allen's going to MVP. Uh, the Bills going to win Super Bowl. And it hasn't happened yet. And I think also, Lamar Jackson, I mean, he didn't win a Super Bowl, but he did win an MVP. True. And that's hard to do. Very. So until you meet the, the, the if we both haven't won a Super Bowl, I go to the accolades. And Josh Allen doesn't have the accolade of an MVP. So I got to put more pressure on Josh. Where you at with it, Jordan? Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I kind of I tend to agree. We've, we've catapulted the Bills to championship contenders every single year. Mm. Josh Allen is supposed to win the MVP every single year. I might have lost some money on that year after year after year. <laughs> um, no, I mean, he's – I agree with Shady. If you have – if you haven't accomplished it in the postseason, which obviously Josh Allen has more postseason wins and they've gone further than Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, but you haven't won a Super Bowl, and that's what we measure greatness at the highest level, then you go to the accolades and Lamar Jackson has it. I mean, Josh Allen has, has been close there multiple times to being really high up in the MVP conversation, but Lamar did it. So Lamar did it. I think they both have a lot to prove. Lamar's got to stay healthy for the whole yes. season. Yes, they do. Um, and, and get more success in the postseason. But right now I would say Josh Allen. I'm going the other way simply because of those accolades, like that unanimous MVP early in his career, not just MVP, unanimous MVP, right? And he's now, let's not forget the contract that he has, highest paid quarterback in the league. So I feel as if Lamar, and, and I'm not mad going either way. This, I struggled with this mightily because I think they both are on the clock in terms of having to prove something this year. But Lamar has to, I feel as if like, doesn't he have to live up to that unanimous MVP now? We haven't seen anything close to that at this point. And now that we gave him the excuse that it was Greg Roman and it was more of a running attack and there was all that and there weren't enough wide receivers and there's still some questions about the receiving core, but he's been paid. He has receivers. He has an offensive coordinator that presumably is going to give him the chance to throw the ball. I feel as if there's more to prove there with all of that than Josh Allen. I, Josh Allen has not accomplished everything we expected, but he's certainly accomplished more than what's, Lamar What's has. fascinating, I mean, I think Josh Allen has lived up to expectations. Now I want him to exceed them. I think Lamar has significantly more to prove because Lamar just hasn't been good in the playoffs more often than not. I think he has a one and three playoff record and he hasn't even been as available. At least Josh Allen, I believe, is four and four. I mean, yeah. you're talking three more playoff wins. Now, if we're being honest, and again, sometimes... I look beyond certain accolades and just look at, like, the numbers. I can't just say Lamar has done more than Josh because of the unanimous MVP because Josh Allen has had two seasons that have actually eclipsed Lamar's unanimous MVP season. Mm. Lamar's unanimous MVP season, 36 passing touchdowns. Josh Allen in 2020, 37. 2021, 36. Josh Allen had eight rushing touchdowns, had seven rushing touchdowns. Lamar, the unanimous MVP season, had seven rushing touchdowns. Josh Allen had more total yards than Lamar Jackson in his unanimous MVP season. I get he got the vote by men like Shady, myself, by women like Joy, like Slick. But, like, I can't say that Lamar's done more than Josh. I think, to me, they're the same level of talent. You could argue that Josh might be more talented. But I need to see Lamar at least get to a conference championship game, yeah. like, win some more in the playoffs. I think they're both, I think, great players, man. Great talents. I just think that Lamar has done more. 
um, in the same period of time. But I want to ask you for a second. Okay, come on over. Come on over. And there's no beef between me and you. But every week, I notice you got a little bit something to say about Lamar Jackson. And I just want to know, is there an issue? Oh, no, no. Okay. No, No, but I will say this. Like, I, think, I know you're a Cincinnati fan. I know you. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to figure it. It goes. I'll, I'll actually rope Steph Curry into this oh. because he was also a unanimous MVP. Okay. And we attach so much meaning to a guy being a unanimous. He's, oh, he's the only unanimous yeah, MVP. It mean, means something. It do mean something. But it doesn't. What does it mean? I, I want to be clear on what it means. It means, it means that he was the most clear MVP in the minds of the voters that particular year. It doesn't mean to me that he was the greatest MVP that we've ever selected, just because he was unanimous and others weren't. The competition in those particular years may have been more heated, and as a result, yeah, he, he it wasn't unanimous. No, we, 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 we should have done this earlier in the show. I know. I, I agree with that. I agree <laughs> he can't, can't control that. Like, like, that's a, like, that's no, not, he can't control it, but I, can't, but I don't have to, if, I don't if, have to interpret it. But that year, he was way better than everybody else. Correct. It yes. does not if, mean that he is way better than everybody is, else every year. But that's an accomplishment. If all four of us watch something, right? If we watch one game, we're all going to see it differently. But to tell me that we can watch a game, we all see it the same way as all voters voting for this dude, that means something, though. When we return, let's figure out so. what exactly it does mean. Come on now. Also, we don't have enough time to show. Don't. Are you kidding me? More speak after this. We'll see y'all here in a couple minutes. Don't go anywhere. I'm just saying, so unanimous MVPs are important now? That sounds wow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Slick, what does a unanimous MVP mean? I don't know, but it doesn't mean what all you. It doesn't mean what you Wait, think it does. You a voter though? Yes, I you am. A voter. How yeah. are you talking like you a voter? You what? vote for this? Yeah. How many voters vote? A hundred for NBA. Look now, listen. Just hear me out for a second. Out of a hundred people watching one thing, we all see it the same yeah. way. Yeah. That's hard to do. Okay, hear me out for a second. You got oh, a man. birthday coming up two five, and on this show, we show love. Happy birthday, two two five. It's early though. Don't start tweeting out. You know you're a boss when you're you're gonna have vacation when your birthday and they decide we gotta celebrate it before we go. Two five. Oh, that is our first birthday. We go on stage. What we doing? Where the shots at? I need a shot. I don't need no coffee. I need a shot. Two five is three five. No, we need shots.